This podcast contains material that may not be suitable for children or those of lesser constitutions. Listener discretion is advised. And now, go f*** yourself. Oh, by the way, if you if you gentlemen noticed, I uh, we have not been doing the, uh, the the cat the can pop for a while. The last couple of episodes, I feel like that's yeah. A, I think it's a well for me, it's a form of protest, right? Uh, oh. <laughs> against against uh, podcast brutality. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're gonna stick by it while we're still in this uh, ongoing pandemic and ongoing uh, unrest, um, civil unrest. But welcome to the Innocuous Bastards. We are a podcast that explores current events, pop culture, and everything in between. Uh, just a friendly reminder that everything that we express on this show are ours alone and do not reflect those of our respective employers. I just want to make sure Thank that goodness. that's there because uh, I just don't want anybody coming coming at us, you know, because we do express we're very opinionated, well, some more than others. And uh, I just don't want this linking to me once and if I start, you know, decide to run for office. So, uh, <laughs> which hey, now that I'm you know now that I'm one of you all, I can I can do it now, you know, and especially uh, especially in, in the current political climate where everything just seems like shit. But uh, first of all, we we'll want to start the show with the the weather the weather report from your uh, <laughs> place in, uh, in Greater Idaho. I mean uh, Southern Oregon, AG. What's uh, what's going on there? Uh, finally, the heat spell broke. Uh, we had like four days of 100 degree temperature. Uh, now it's more reasonable. And looking forward to actually not, you know, going outside and not having the heat be just a completely, you know, a complete opponent of anything you're trying to do. So that's nice. Yeah, what's like? What's the uh, what's the uh, optimal temperature for froth? For froth, um, I oh, it's a, it actually is like a, a temperatureless um, activity. You can do it. It's more like, is it dry? That's more. I can go out and play when it's a hundred. It's it's you know it's it's hot, but you're doing something, and there's usually a little breeze, and it's. Tolerable, but if it's wet, that's more that's more of a problem. Got it. Got it. So my my optimal temperature would probably be about seventy five. Seventy five degrees, maybe like fifty percent humidity. Because I mean, it's a it's still a very competitive, you know, it's still a competitive activity, right? So you're you're still exerting some sort of energy. It's not like, I mean, you don't you don't need a golf cart, so that's good. Uh, or maybe you do. I don't know. I don't I don't froth. Oh, that's I've never seen. No, I mean golf. Uh, disc golf is a pretty democratic activity in that you just can go out there and play. And like places I go, it doesn't cost anything. And uh, there's certainly no facilities generally. And I also think. Do you guys remember? Like maybe it was 10, 15 years ago. There was a a, a controversy on the on the pro golf association tour that there was a guy who had a, who had a disability who wanted to use a cart during, you know, a professional golf round on a tournament. And there was a big controversy about it, that he wasn't doing the walking that 
all of the other golfers were doing. And that was somehow an advantage he was getting by using a cart. Does this ring a bell? I, yeah, I, I think his name is Casey something. or I, I, It was Casey, I think, was the first name. If, he, if his name wasn't Casey, he was a Casey. He might as he well be. He was a case. It was like a, a Casey. basket case. Yeah. But anyway, so I don't know that a golf cart would uh, would go that well or go over that well with other disc golfers. Plus, it's you know, disc go- our, our golf courses are generally kind of flat, and that is not true for disc golf courses. Right hmm. on. And uh, the uh, that PGA golfer was indeed is indeed Casey Martin. Obviously. Ah, there it is, Casey Martin. Yes, and he won. I it. Yes, he, won he won the right to use the golf cart. So, good on him. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for that. I just recently got reminded of uh, disc golf. After what the hell is happening with Mac on his background? He's showing <laughs> us showing us his ideal Mount Rushmore, apparently, which not not my idea uh, <laughs> ideal. But, well, uh, Mac, Mac, explain to the listeners your uh, your. Not your ideal Mount Rushmore. Who's on there? Yeah, so from uh, right to left, how, well, no, I better do from left to right because it starts out with uh, 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 Mr. Jello Pudding Pop himself, Bill Cosby, who's uh, – uh, this is this sexual assault Mount Rushmore is kind of how I'd put this. So you got uh, Mr. Cosby, and then you've got uh, – uh, what's his face? Harvey Wein- Wein- Weinstein – Weinstein, I don't know, is it Stein or Stein? Either way, a real piece of work. Uh, right uh, uh, next to him, and they almost it's almost like a growth out of his neck that kind of looks like he's a quado from um, uh, a Total Recall. You've got Jeffrey Epstein, or Epstein, depending on uh, what the whole point of it is. And, you know, I think we all know his backstory. And then it finishes up uh, on the far right with uh, Mr. Donald Trump, who uh, almost certainly utilized the services of Mr. Epstein. So it's it's a it's a it's, it's a horrifying uh, background, but we you know we live in horror in really horrifying times. Well, I took the screen cap of that, uh, including uh, t- the top of your head, and we will post <laughs> we will post that picture in our Innocuous Bastards Facebook uh, page. Nice for your nice. enjoyment. Well, gents, uh, this kind of leads us to uh, uh, one of the ways that we start our show is to talk about current events. And a lot has happened in the last two weeks. I tell you what, really glad that we're actually doing this bi-weekly or bi-monthly or whatever. You, I think it's bi-racially. Bi-racially. You know, every other, every other week, every other week, uh, touch base because so much happens in, in two weeks nowadays anymore. I mean, even despite the fact that we're still not, you know, living our normal lives pre-COVID. But, uh, Mac, I know you're dying to, to just jump into this. So why don't you uh, start to kick us off with some some of your thoughts? Oh, you mean just over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, it's still the same. You know, the the, the COVID, you know, night, nightmare, I think, uh, it kind of speaks for itself. The number of deaths, of course, is going up on a daily basis. So you've, you've got that lovely thing happening. Then we've got, uh, even now, I think today, or is it tomorrow, there's going to be a land, landfall with a hurricane uh, in, in yeah. Florida. And and I think it's Iglesias or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Isaias. Isaias. Yeah. 
whatever it sounds it sounds like some other virus uh and it should because florida is a virus uh clearly uh, they're they're the epicenter down there so you know i feel sorry for the residents of florida that they have uh you know such a miserable piece of shit for a governor who's kind of like a mini trump again a quato and i'm i think i'm going to start calling them quatos that's re- really what they are they just sort of emanate from good Trump. Quato was a good but, character. Yes, but he, he was not a good-looking character, and so you know, I, I, you know, nobody thinks that Quato really was trying to save the world. It seemed like he kind of fucked up because he got all of his people killed, uh, including including himself. So really, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger that really kind of uh, saved everybody. It wasn't Quato. Quato was an idiot. Uh, and and again, he, he was very, very tiny, very, very horrific character. He's actually one of the scariest. I think if, if you think about it, would you... Of course, none of us would want a Quato, right? But if you had a Quato, wouldn't you hope that he was a bit better uh, cared for? And he, he stuck there under this guy's shirt for hours at a time, sweaty, you know, just just give him a little, just cut a little hole out for him, so you know at least he can breathe. That's all I'm saying. Free Quato. I don't know. This is re- <laughs> really going off the rails hashtag, uh, quickly. Hashtag free Quato. We'll make that. Go yeah, and it, it's <laughs> it's it's gone off the rails quickly, and and haven't really even been drinking yet. So, uh, yeah. What does that say about the last two weeks? It's 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 bad, but there is some good. Uh, the uh, sports has started again, which is kind of nice. Uh, I had, I did enjoy watching uh, a bit of a Cubs game the the other day, which was nice to see. Uh, watch some Blazers scrimmage. I didn't get to to watch the game yet. Yesterday, I guess the Blazers won, uh, which is which is pretty cool. They won in overtime against the Grizzlies by five uh, points. Yeah, yeah. So uh, NHL, I think, is starting out pretty soon again. I think that's hey. good. It's good for you. I think they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're operating in a bubble environment there too. Correct. Two, uh, so, two locations. Yeah. So to me, that that makes the most sense. I think MLB is is in real danger of actually not continuing because of um, all the positive testing. And it seems like ba- baseball players have always been uh, along, you know, the lines of conservative. They're a little bit more right leaning. Uh, as far as what they go. So you see a lot of them not wearing masks, not following the right protocols. And, and then, uh, you know, then of course what you're going to get is you're going to get positive tests and you're going to get games that are going to be postponed. So I think, I think that's the sport that will probably not last. I think that, that, that one will probably be canceled again. Uh, but I think the NHL NBA will be able to go through probably um, college football. I'm not so sure. I'm hopeful. But you know it's crazy. It's this year has gone by so fast and so slow in so many in so many different ways, and it feels like it really was. It had really has been kind of a long drawn out nine uh, eleven kind of event where the world will never be the same. And 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 yet there's so many things that we long for that are coming back that make us feel that we're uh, norm, normal again. And so I think it's kind of it. It's really I think sports is one of those things, and I'm I'm really hoping that it's certainly baseball. I hope that that's able to continue also. 
And I think to your point about baseball not having bubble cities, it's certainly, and I think the NFL is going to be the same way. Um, it's going to, this is all what's happening. What's, what's being uh, uh, played out right now is what we all expected would, would play out. I do see from on the sidelines, uh, some of the people, if they're not, some of the players, if they're not, um, you know, if they're not an active uh, play, they are wearing masks and the managers and the coaches and the base, uh, the base referees, they're, they're wearing masks. So I, it was good to see that, but, but you can only, you can only protect up to a certain degree. You know, you can't really, um, you know, you can't really sanitize well enough in, in, in any environment. And, and that's concerning for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean, my, uh, I've got, uh, as of this recording, two of the uh, Cardinals players or two members of the Cardinals team have uh, tested positive for COVID and that's, been, yeah. that's led to the delays in, in the Cardinals games. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's just going to be something that we'll, that we'll continue to see when these non bubble city sports. Um, and like yeah. I said, that would be even worse because we're talking hundreds of people on the, on the field at any given time. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's so many more chances to get infected, but it's not just that. I mean, a lot of them are wearing masks, but some of them aren't, they're doing that. They're doing the high fives. They're, uh, they're sitting close to one another on the bench, on the benches, so they're not socially distancing. There's, there's been a lot of reports of that too, with baseball. But I, I like the way the M, the NBA has the thing. If I, I kind of watched some of the highlights from the game yesterday, and it, it almost looks, it almost looks like they're, they're, they're playing in a, a, a boardroom. Uh, in the, I heard that on the radio days. Like, it looks, it looks like they're. And I was like, yeah, it does look like they're playing in a ballroom or. A, a boardroom inside the Disney comp, complex there, but I guess it's not. But they've got the screens instead of having a bunch of seats, empty seats. They get the screens surrounding it, and there's a lot of fans that are in in windows. I guess that you can see that uh, in Zoom, like a big Zoom meeting, that they're watching the game, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, I think the NBA has got a pretty good model, and I think they have the best chance of success with it. But you know, what doesn't have a chance of success, and I think uh, we were talking about this before the show, was uh, our economy right now is in the tank. And it's a, and so Donald Trump decided to come out, uh, I believe it was yesterday or was the day before with, a, I think it was the day before actually, with a, a classic Trump move to just to try to distract from all the, the – the shit show that is his administration by saying that, uh, what do you say? Uh, something along the lines of, oh, no, 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 we should delay the election. It was a bunch of whining about, uh, it was going to be the most corrupt. And then we should wait till we can vote safely and s- securely. And, and yet he wants to reopen the schools, you know? So, you know, it's fine for him if it affects him, but you know, the kids and the, you know, everybody else, you know, to hell with them. I guess is kind of what he's saying, but it was nice to see that at least the Republicans that I saw on the the TV, they came out against that pretty strongly and kind of shut him down. And in fact, he even reversed it. Although this is going to be a constant until we get to the election, he's going to, he's going to gin up his, his, his people and convince them that the election is rigged so that when he does lose, uh, if we'll say if, if he loses by three points, for instance, that he will, I'm convinced that he will contest the election, and it'll it'll be months until we can get rid of him after even after January. 
AG. No, no, his his term ends on was it January twentieth. So if he is contesting the election, then I think Nancy Pelosi actually becomes the leader of the group. So he's not. We'll see. He's not able to stay in power after the twentieth. It will revert back to, you know, the the chain of command. So he may. He's going to be done as long as he loses the election, which in my eyes, this is becoming more certainty. And, this is going to what? You know, it's becoming more of a certainty. That oh, he's sorry. Going to yeah. It voted out. And so I'm getting a little bit of encouragement by this with the caveat that people actually need to show up in the, in the ballot box to make sure this happens and don't just assume that somebody else's vote is going to, you know, make it happen. So you need to get out there. You need to cast your vote, you know, in Oregon, we do have it really easy. Just, you know, (laughs) send it back. That's all you got to do. Just take the time to do it and do it. And don't wait till the last minute because of the sort of bullshit that the post office is trying to pull the, the postmaster general a Trump lobbyist who has zero qualifications is talking about closing down post offices, not all of them, obviously, but a number of them to make it hard for ballots to actually work. So don't, when you get your ballot, I would just go ahead and fill it out and send it in that day so that we can avoid any kind of uh, jury rigging on behalf of this current administration. Well, but you see the thing that you forget, uh, and I and I also forgot too. And it's interesting. I heard uh, there was a group of I don't know sixty five or eighty former government officials and military officials. They did um, a tabletop exercise to play out what it would look like if Trump did decide to contest the election. And one of the generals that was a part of that. I was listening to him yesterday on an interview on CNN. He was talking about the fact that. Okay, yeah, I mean, if everything works right, it, it should go the way that you're describing. But the problem is that he has his hands on uh, all the levers of power that are in the government. And that's an extreme, he's, he described it as an extreme advantage over anybody. And so that's what I mean. This, this country has always been kind of uh, from some of the times of George Washington he he set the example for better or for worse uh, of him as a human being of of allowing a peaceful transfer of power. And, you know, Trump doesn't care about that. Um, he doesn't care about any of that. He's made that clear over and over again. And so he could uh, be a real problem in this. If he, if he refuses to leave the oval office, if he refuses to do it, I don't see them, sending in a SWAT team after the, the, you know, him to, to forcibly remove him. So it's not that I don't think that at the end of the day, if he loses that we won't be able to move on, but we may have the first instance of a president refusing to, to peacefully transfer power. And he's, and he's, and he's got all his, he's got all of his jackass idiots uh, ginned up, ready to go and convinced that, it's a rigged election and he's always threatened that uh, even if he doesn't have the military 
that at least he's got his Trumpers out there, his, his bikers for Trump and all these other violent people who are out there. I mean, these are the real violent people that, you know, we have to worry about. And it, there could end up being a heck of a lot more, if the worst case scenario happens, a lot more violence and death than we're maybe expecting. And and I certainly hope it doesn't go that way. I hope that he loses by seven or eight points. It's outside of any type of margin of error. That, that would be the best case scenario because then no one's going to follow up. Uh, no one's going to follow along with that, but we're just going to sort of wait and see. And, you know, and, and with regard to the mail-in voting, um, I think I, I'm trying to remember where I, I know it was a tweet from somewhere and to what you, to speak to what you just said uh, earlier, AG. So basically I know the, 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 the vote, uh, the election's on November 3rd. But once you have your mail-in ballot, this gentleman, I can't remember where I, it's like, I think he indicated like, send it, send it in no later than, send in, cast your vote and send in your mail-in vote no later than October 19 or something like that to account for the fact that, the, you know, you can't trust the USPS to deliver on time, A. B, because of the Trump administration's decision to cut OT for the USPS, uh, the United States Postal Service, via that, you know, via his crony that's, that's there right now, that's ahead of it. That's another thing that's that's kind of making things more difficult. There's also because of COVID-19, there's also a lack of the senior citizens um, who are typically the ones manning the the ballot, the, the polling stations, you know, as, as volunteers or or part of the um, county elections offices uh, across across the way, and that that helps to um, you know to, that does impact the mail-in voting. The other thing also with regard to mail-in voting, and I, I know I tweeted about this, is that, you know, the, the, the states that don't have mail-in voting right now, 19, there are 19 states that, that, that you can only do mail-in voting if you, if you meet, if you have a, an approved excuse. And some of those excuses, you cannot even cite COVID-19 or the pandemic, your, your fears of the virus as an excuse. Um, that's really concerning. You know, I mean, and there's only five states, Oregon being one of one of those states that do allow all, all mail-in voting. Um, and that's not that's not significant enough. The other states uh, are no excuse, but uh, no excuse mail-in uh, voting, which means they can they can request. But some of those states you can only you can only uh, try, to, try. I know I know it was a southern state. You can request a vote in ballot. No excuse. But it's only like three days before the election. And again, if you're trying to rely on the USPS to deliver that, you know, supposedly, uh, and with all the delays, it's not your, your vote will will likely not uh, be counted. So it's really it's really concerning for sure where we are right now with with the the dismal um, response of the federal government regarding the virus, and of course the state governments uh, are not, you know, we are not all they're not all created equal. So some states are doing better than others, but in the states that count. I'm really definitely very concerned about uh, voting in uh, this voting year for some of those states that do count. Yeah, Florida is a dangerous one for sure. Uh, I'm not too worried about Ohio. They seem to have a pretty reasonable governor there. Uh, I'm not terribly worried about the Rust Belt states. And so, I, I you know, as far as that goes, you know, I think uh, – it's clear what will happen in Georgia. I think Georgia is an interesting state to look at. Uh, Texas is another one there where uh, for months now, actually Biden and, and Trump have been kind of neck and neck. Uh, 
at 50-50 or 47-47 or at, at times Biden's been in the lead. Those are true toss-up states, which, um, you know, are not needed necessarily. But what I'd like to see with my dreams, and again, my dream scenario is, is that, uh, yes, there's going to be issues with voting. It's going to be difficult, but people still get out there and do it because they're so sick of what they're, they, 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 they can't not vote, uh, including young, young, young people. Uh, and they get out there and he's routed in an unprecedented modern unprecedented fashion. The last time there was really a huge ass kicking, uh, you're looking back at, uh, Dukakis and Bush, and that's the kind of ass kicking that I want to see happen. Uh, I want to see the, the, the Senate, uh, return to the Democrats, the House strengthen, Trump losing by 300 electoral votes. That's what we want to see because then there's no doubt. Uh, there's no way that his supporters can come out and say that there was some type of a fraud happening because if, if it's close and, and, we're, and we're relying and we're hoping again that Florida is, or, or we're, we're, you know, we're hoping that Florida will turn Man, there's so many things going in favor of it going to Trump that we want these other states to just we, we want it we want the floodgates to open or I or I fear that it can be uh, based on some of his recent comments and he said it throughout the entire and even when he won he said it because you know because he couldn't take that he lost the popular vote you know well it must it, it must be fake and there's they're they're bringing in truck truck truckloads of illegal immigrants and they're voting with dead with the, the social security numbers of dead of dead people and all this other nonsense uh you know his people believe that and they'll fight for him ag final thoughts regarding this voting thing well i do have an expectation that he's going to be voted out in november um, you know, where I am, there's still support for him. I see flags and certain things. And not only does he need to lose, but there needs to be a stain on his name for maybe a century. I mean, it really, it has to, his, his children need to, and maybe even grandchildren need to suffer for what he has done. Like if you remember, I, I don't. I, pres, uh, Nixon had some children. Nixon, he had kids. I think he had a daughter. I don't know if he had anything else. I think he only had a daughter. Okay. Well, even to this day, if your name was Nixon, you probably cannot really run for office. And that's the kind of thing that needs to happen with these Trump children, grandchildren, uh, is that that name needs to be such a poison to the ballot box that. They just, they don't ever even think about this. I mean, when, when Trump is voted out of office, any sort of political aspirations of his family members need to come to an absolute stop because there is, I don't know, some fear in my mind that Donald Jr. could try to stupidly recreate what his dad did. And there are some people out there that are so enamored by that name that they would vote for him just to try and get back at, you know, liberals or to try and restore this weird little st 
strange three and a half year time of having this just walking id being in the in the White House and just speak this, you know, absolutely dreadful, you know, thoughts about people that aren't like him, which is pretty much everybody. So this, I mean, this needs to die when he, when he is out of office, any sort of political aspirations of, of his, even people that are associated with him need to just be, need to be cut off completely. Yeah, we definitely don't want to see that. I definitely don't want to see that. Um, And I know that come November 3rd, well, actually October 19, because I'll be using the mail-in ballot here here in uh, beautiful Oregon, or at least the part that's not, the parts that are not part of greater Idaho, I will definitely be casting my vote. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back from the break. So, yeah, that was a lot to think about from a national level, for sure. Uh, um, but there's a lot of stuff that's happening here for our Portland-based listeners that, uh, that we probably should be talking about. Uh, the first of which, of course, I think that comes to mind is the ongoing protests. I think we're night 63 or something ridiculous like that of, uh, of ongoing protests here in, uh, in Portland. And it's, it's definitely worth it to, to, to note that it's not a citywide thing. It's, you know, for those of you who are not based in Portland and listening to us from other parts of the world, it's not a citywide thing. It's literally a small um, subset of downtown Portland. Very, very small. Um, sliver. A sliver. If I, I mean, it's a tremendously small, if I could v- borrow from Trump's vernacular, part of Portland. So just want to make, make sure that's very clear. But, Mac, you had a point before we went on break. Oh, I was just saying that, you know, the – uh, there was some type of an agreement. I'm still not sure about all the details of it between uh, Thund- I, I heard that a pretty good Nick nickname for chat, Chad Wolf on the radio yesterday on the, on the sports sports radio. They call him Thunder Wolf, which I thought was pretty funny uh, between Thunder Wolf and, and Kate Brown. So they would leave uh, as long as uh, they could control the situation. If they couldn't, then they would bring in the state police, I believe is the caveat there. If things are getting out of hand, uh, which to me really does, wouldn't make any sense anyway. But um, but the last couple of nights since the feds have been removed, it's kind of gone back to uh, relative calm. There hasn't been any tear gas used to break up uh, the protesters. There hasn't been any riots. Uh, and there's been a large number of people down there. So I think I read uh, this morning that there was 2,000 protesters, um, mostly peaceful again, as, as as they all have have been, and there was and there was no riots, and I think that kind of illustrates uh, pretty well the fact that uh, all the feds were doing here was trying to gin up. I keep, I've used that word three times, and I'm going to stop doing that. Have been trying to inject themselves into places for pol- it's for political reasons it's not for law and order uh, as that asshole likes to uh, the you know the orange one tweets every now and then it's like he's it's like he's on the toilet and he's kind of falling asleep and he sort of waits law and order law and order that's what his tweets kind of re- sort of remind me of his grandpa on in the toilet 
waking up and just sort of yelling something. Um, but you know, it's not, it was never about that. It was about trying to, to show some type of muscle or strength, uh, in, in, in these cities where, you know, uh, these things were happening. So the fact that it's been pretty quiet the last two nights, I think has shown that the people are, are not interested in battling our own local police or government. They're trying to make a statement and they're continuing to hopefully will continue to do so peacefully. And I heard a, um, a rather troubling take on the change, the recent change um, in the behavior of the protesters, especially once the um, federal agents started phasing themselves out, that this person said, well, good, then what Trump set out to do actually worked. And so, of course, that fired me up. I'm like, absolutely not. You know, the, it actually was, was actually at a manageable, more than, better than manageable um, phase. Yeah, there was still these, you know, these uh, violent, violent section of the, of the, or the violent people that are taking advantage of the protests that are doing all this shit that they were doing it to the Justice Center. But it was, it actually magnified once, once Trump said, sent his, his troops. So by them leaving, that's why it became peaceful again. Or that's why it became manageable again, again because because the Trump's uh, dogs left the city. It well, wasn't about go. You know, I was going to say that the, the whole stupid thing about it is that it's not like there were less people down there last night than there happened other nights. Two thousand people in the streets of downtown Portland is a hell of a lot, and it's a hell of a lot more than there were before they came out. I mean, we're talking about in the in the you know the tens and fifties and seventies. Uh, number of people in downtown Portland. The feds come in, you get, uh, you know, thousands again, and then the feds leave. There's still thousands, and yet they're not, they're not rioting. So it has nothing to do with his dogs. It has everything to do. Well, it does. It has everything to do with them being there. If they weren't here, they wouldn't have done it. And there was no reason for them to be tear gassing people. If they wouldn't have been doing that and escalating the situation. Things would have remained peaceful here. It's like, oh, great, you came in here, you kicked a hornet's nest, and now you leave. You know, fuck off. Hey, G, I know that, you know, what you consume from Portland News is just through, you know, social media and, and, and uh, you know, what the news outlets are reporting, since you're, you're a little bit removed from, you know, from the local, locality here. Um, there is also... There's a notion out there that if Governor Brown and Ted Wheeler had done what they recently did, you know, in terms of uh, having the OSP be present in Portland, if they had done that five weeks ago, that we that this could have been quelled five weeks ago. What's your thought on that? I I have no idea. Uh, in fact, one of the conditions for the feds leaving was that the OSP was going to take over defense of the of the justice center. And at, at least for the first night, I don't know what happened last night. They did. There, there was no OSP at the Justice Center, and things were just fine. So, in some way, this deal that was brokered to get the feds out of here by Brown was, uh, you know, I don't know. It may have just been like trying to pacify the feds. They're, oh, we're going to take care of this, and then when they leave, <laughs> they're just like, aha. You know, we're gonna, we're doing we're doing the way we did it before. So, but I, I something I read uh, was that this is actually a failure on the on the Trump's uh, side, in that it, you know these 
the, the federal they the federal people that came in just made it worse and it sort of changed the nature of the protests so uh in in another thing i've been reading that was sort of frightening me until they did back out was that this was you know the trial run to establish martial law in this country so the fact that they backed out i don't know that they this was like enough meaning exercise for the you know the their actual troops to to consider this as a training exercise it wasn't they weren't there long enough for to do anything so i'm encouraged by that that there isn't going to be some sort of mandate you know part of me at one point was thinking oh is there going to be like a federal officer or a federal force in every city and town and that this is going to become sort of a paramilitary uh policing use and i you know i guess i'm not totally convinced that that won't happen but i just i feel like trump's power is waning so there's really very little appetite for what he's trying to pull off except for his base which again the base his base is they're loyal and they're stupid but they're fractioning there are people that are on the you know the cutoff point between complete believer and just somebody who is sort of a, a loyal uh Republican or a loyal uh, a conservative, so I think even the his base is sort of starting to be leached away. So yeah, the 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 idea of having federal officers in Portland is just a show. It was just a you know this is a reality show president trying to create some footage and to to demonize the people that don't agree with him. So this whole thing was a failure, and I'm happy that the fact that. The governor and and Kate Brown was able to establish, you know, a, a, at least a, a precedent in getting federal tr- troops out, and so other governors can maybe do the same thing. Should this happen to them? Well, isn't it happening at other cities right now too? Chicago, uh, or was that just a threat? I, I I think that they're in Chicago. Yeah, but uh, but sorry, Ag, you were going to say. No, no. I'm just like I, I know there were there was talk of it. I don't know if the rollout has happened. The same thing was uh, threatened in Seattle, and I think they could actually be there, you know, in the in the town. But I don't know that they're doing anything. So, and the fact that they've been kicked out of Portland, which really has sort of the national spotlight as far as the protesting is going, and this was a high profile because. Trump himself kept mentioning Portland. The fact that they got the, the, them out is a, a, a small sign of victory for democracy. <laughs> for sure. And one of the comments that I, I, I also told you know this this person was, why do you, why do you think Trump focused on Portland? You know, because there was a, there was a thing for there was so much so many gains in his mind uh, uh, with focusing on Portland versus all the other cities where protests are are still happening. Maybe not in at, at a scale um, that is happening in Portland, but it's still happening everywhere. He focused on Portland because he thought he thought it was going to be a big win for him and it was going to be be an easy win. But honestly, I I think st- I still think that. I still think that news media is still to blame for a lot of what's, you know, what this, how's, uh, what's going on because of how they portrayed what's going on in our city. You know, they focus, they didn't really focus on, or, or, and, or correct me if I'm wrong, but they really didn't focus on 
you know, maybe three quarters, the first three quarters of any protest where everything was happening peacefully, what they, what they, instead what they showed on the news, what they glamorized was all of the violent stuff that was happening. You know, you see that on Twitter, you see that on, on, on TV uh, and, and, and clips on, on YouTube. So, of course, people outside of Portland have, have that, only that as, as their base for, for their dis, uh, opinions on what's happening and, more, more importantly, on their opinion about what Trump was trying to do to circumvent. And that helps, you know, to, to really uh, energize his base because all, all they could see, especially those not living in Portland, was what the news media was, was showing I don't really, I don't really remember seeing a whole lot of glorifying of the violence. Uh, certainly not on CNN, anyway. Uh, I I remember them talking a lot more about the fact that it was bad. Uh, you know, it didn't make any sense uh, why federal troops were there, and in fact, they interviewed Kate Brown and and Ted Wheeler num- numerous times along the same uh, angle of them talking about how that they were there and they were making things worse. So I can't, I don't, I don't agree that the media glorified uh, this at all. In fact, I think if they did, you would see that the, the troops would still be there. I think they realized that they were losing the PR battle with this, that they were losing the, uh, the hearts and minds of, of, of independence, especially who look at this and like, why are federal troops in a city like this? Uh, and for no, for real, no, they're there to protect the building. Why aren't they in the building? Why are they in the streets? And why are they tear gassing people? Uh, why are they scooping people off the street? And so to me, I didn't really get the sense that the media was making it worse. I think that uh, they did a fine job of reporting and what was going on. You know, I don't know about Fox News because I re- refused to give them any air and any, even a, just a breath of my, of, of my time. But as far as all the other outlets beyond TV, uh, you know, that I, I look, I look for, uh, I didn't see anything like that. So I, I wouldn't agree that that happened. I do think that, you know, it was a, it's a loss for Trump for the hearts and minds. Uh, but I think that they also went in there again, mostly for political reasons. I'm sure that they had their own people in there, uh, taking video and they're going to use that probably in their campaign ads uh, to try to talk about the need for law and order. The problem is, is that in those ads, they're not going to be able to point to any success. All they're going to show is violence. And so it's going to be a threat of violence from the, the far left and Antifa and all these people who are, are coming for your suburban lifestyle that's what they're going to try to, 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 to play out. That's the only thing that they have left. And that's the reason why I think that he'll lose. Yeah. And what I want to, I want to clarify when I said about glorifying was, was pre-federal, uh, pre-federal agents arrival to Portland was prior to that whole thing, even being a thought, because especially when I, when I scroll on Twitter and I see news outlets being called out by, by Twitter users saying, Oh, you're, your headline is very misleading and your story does not even cover everything that that's, that's covered much in the same way that I applaud the people who was again on, so on the social saying, Hey guys, before you start thinking that Oregon or that Portland, Oregon is under siege, let me actually post some real pictures of what's happening in Portland. Let me show you what's actually, what, what part of what small part of downtown Portland, this is all happening. 
and again, th that's what I mean about social uh, media, the news media, just reporting on what they feel, what they feel can be glorified. Maybe that's not the, that's not the, not glorified, sensationalized was what I meant to sensationalized, say. Sensationalized, yeah. Sensationalized. Well, he, that's what they're focusing on. And they're not really telling the whole, the, the whole story. Well, even uh, that actually is a very interesting point because I, I saw, uh, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or it was on the face, face spaces uh, where there was a, it was a, a headline for an article about uh, Barack Obama's speech uh, at John Lewis's funeral, which by the way, was one of the best speeches that I've heard uh, in years and certainly one of his best speeches. It was amazing. I, I sat there, I actually watched all the presidential speeches. I thought, uh, Bush and Clinton did a fine, a fine job. They, 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 they were, they served, they served their purpose and they were, uh, they were useful. Uh, and then Barack Obama came out and just like laid, uh, it wasn't an egg. It was a bomb on, and, and illustrated very quickly, uh, how in, in much in danger. But anyway, there was an out, it was a news outlet. It was a popular one, not a far right, it says oh, oh, Obama rails against Trump in his speech. And it's like there was nothing in his speech where he was railing against anything. And when I think of railing against, I think of somebody who's screaming and yelling. Uh, and if you, I think if you look up the actual definition of rails against, it, Barack Obama did not rail against anybody. Uh, Trump rails against people. Uh, his ilk rail against people it's a very petty thing that the media did there and and uh i agree with you on that one as far as that you got to be careful of, of, of in the headlines then i and i mentioned it a number of people uh, not not that i care that they like my comment but a lot of people like oh my god yeah that's not even close to being the truth uh it was not a it was not a speech like that at all it was calm and measured and, and surgically took apart uh everything that is going on right now and also praise John Lewis too. It was, I, if you haven't watched it, if any of our listeners who haven't watched it, I would highly recommend watching that, that, that speech. So it looks like, um, I just did a quick Google search. The, where it says rails against, uh, yeah. came from Rolling Stone. Yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that was total bullshit bullshit it's not he's not right watch the fucking speech before putting a fucking headline out like that <laughs> and and, Ridiculous. You know, and i will forever i will definitely forever be totally against um and i've started actually unfollowing certain news outlets on twitter uh which is my main social social media you know i guess addiction uh because of because of the tactics like that you know i definitely don't follow fox on twitter uh, I try to honestly. I've, I've tried to really have a better balance as, in, in terms of where I get my news. I've started following BBC uh, just to get some non-US based uh, news as well, and that's been very comforting. Um, mm -hmm. That you certainly don't see headlines like that on the B, on, on BBCnews.com. Um, no, but but yeah. So I, I definitely I'm I'm I'm, de I'm still on the side of blaming media, news media, for a lot of what's happening. In it, I mean. Of, of course, it's happening 
from the from the actual sword itself, Donald Trump and the and his administration, and also some of the stuff that's happening from the Democratic parts, and that's fine. It's it's happening, but it's what news media choose to report on the way they the way they they craft their headlines is because they're they're clickbaits, and I'm glad to see that people are calling them for it. They're calling them on it. They're like saying, no, you know, you are a, dis- you are a disgrace of a news. I mean, even the Oregonian gets gets really negative comments as well because of how they, they frame things. Granted, I know they only have a, you know, a certain number of a, a character limit on Twitter, but choose the right headlines just so, just so you don't really incite this negative negative view. Worse yet, people not finding out what's, what's really happening, what's the truth. So anyway, I know it, we were supposed to talk about ongoing protests and it came – came back once again to my hatred of news media. I'm not sure what, how that happened. <laughs> uh, but we're well, gonna... we, luckily, we, we are not journalists, so we don't have to engage in any self, self-hate. Uh, AG, your thoughts? So I don't know if you guys saw there was a, sort of a fracturing of the, for the Portland protests, the Portland Wall of Moms has sort of started butting heads with the Black Lives Matter contingent, and it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that's happening because Portland Wall of Moms somebody tried to sort of create a, a corporation or a business entity out of the protest, and it came to light that the you know there's really no black leadership in the Portland Wall of Moms, so they kind of tried to turn over the leadership of that group to, you know, people of color and that kind of fell to shit. So basically those two things are, I don't even know what's going on with the wall of mobs, but I do feel that's part of the reason that the feds are not there anymore is because you have the moms and the vets. And these are two uh, big groups of people who are basically pro whether what their politics is irrelevant, what they are is pro stability. And that's what suburban moms and veterans represent is stability. So we had both of those groups coming out and defending the protesters. And I think that that sort of optic is what didn't play well with the administration was that you actually have people that are not uh, despicable Antifa minorities or whatever they want to label the Portland protesters as. But you actually have people who are uh, representative of you know, the kind of country we want to have. We want to have people that, you know, feel safe in the streets and et cetera. So, and that's sort of my thought as far as why the feds left, but it's still, it's still a big mess. The whole thing is a big mess. Yeah. The wall of moms um, debacle was brought on by the, one of the founders, uh, Bev Barnum, who did not, who went rogue and, and tried to, uh, or did register the Wall of Moms as a nonprofit, and that's what really started uh, started this whole thing. And you know, the the racial justice organizations here in Portland that don't shoot Portland people really that did not that did not bode well for them. And and even a majority of the Wall of Moms members were were condemning Barnum's uh, move, move on that. It's really sad for sure because you you are it's it was great to see the wall of moms and the, I guess, and then followed by the wall of dads. And I threatened on Twitter that I was going to start the, the wall of drunk uncles uh, next. And, you know, but to your point, it's like, these are the, these are this kind of solidarity behind what the reasons for the protest was what's necessary. So it's really irritating that like 
little things like this tend to, you know, tend to kind of uh, chip at, chip away at that. But um, well, that's that's good stuff. Well, not good stuff, but that's definitely news from uh, news from the local Portland area. So hopefully, Edgar, you you learned a lot about that, and we'll be right back. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash innocuousbastards. Find us on Twitter as at innocbastards. Or follow our blog at innocuousbastards.wordpress.com. Email us at innocuous.bastards at gmail.com. <laughs> All right. Welcome back from the break. Hope you made it a great one. Um... So, yeah, so we've been talking a lot about some heavy stuff, heavy stuff. Uh, so let's kind of lighten things up a little bit or uh, maybe be partially hopeful. And let's talk, let's kind of talk about uh, a topic that Mac actually brought up pre-recording about things that we miss, things that we don't miss, things that we miss pre-COVID. Actually, Mac, why don't you set it up? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of based on a, there's a radio commercial that I had uh, heard about. It was talking about um, in this production that there was somebody was getting up. They were at an arena or at a, uh, a, a ballpark or something like that. And they were getting up and they're like, you know, do you, do you miss this? Do you miss this when you're trying to go to the bathroom or something like that? And it's like, excuse me. And excuse me. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Sorry trying to get over a number of different people to get to where you need to go. And it kind of led me to start thinking about some of the things uh, pre-COVID that we either like or, or don't like, we don't mess or we mess. And, you know, for me, uh, I don't miss crawling over people to go to the bathroom, but I certainly do miss it. It's sort of watching some of the, the sports that we talked about earlier Going back out was, you know, going to a Blazer game for, you know, for instance, would be something that I definitely miss. Uh, even if you do have to wait in line to go to the bathroom, I think this, that's one of the things certainly that I would miss from it. Uh, the things that, uh, one of the things I, I don't miss is particularly uh, at all is going to the store. And I think, I think I mentioned this before. I, I, I'm not interested in, in, um, having conversations with the staff. Uh, I'm not interested in knowing and them asking me about how my, uh, my day is uh, that still happens again in the, in the Starbucks drive through, but at least it's, it's more muffled now. So if they don't say it very loud, I can kind of ignore or I can pretend that I didn't hear it. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's a good thing, right? The, uh, the muffled voice behind a, a mask makes it very easy to just sort of, you know, plausibly ignore that someone's talking to you. I think that's not such a bad thing. Uh, but there is a, there's a, there's a ton of stuff. I mean, obviously people are going to talk about concerts or, or things like, uh, you know, that, but I think another good thing about it is that a lot of people don't know. I, I don't miss the, the lack of expression for people and for also for myself because I can hide it now. I can, I, I can pretend that I'm smiling, even though I'm really not smiling at them. Uh, there's, there's lots of interesting things that you can do post COVID that you couldn't do pre COVID. So that's just kind of a primer right there, I guess. So you miss basically the antisocialness of things. 
Yeah. Being yeah, able to, but what, what, what's that? Being able to be freely antisocial is what you miss. Yeah, that I really, I, I do kind of miss that, yes. What you miss is the voluntary antisocialism, right? Now it's like everybody has to do it. You're kind of like, eh, fuck it. But when it was your choice to be antisocial, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you don't see as many people out walking. So, uh, you know, there's there's not that thing. Well, you're not thinking as much of, and I don't know if I miss or, or, or don't miss it, but, you know, you see somebody who's clearly threatening or weird walking down the street. You got to cross to the other side, don't you? You're not going to, you know, you don't want to cross that person uh, or take, or maybe take a chance. But with a mask, we, now we all look kind of tough, right? So now I kind of have to walk by so-and-so because I don't want to look like a bee. Or I've I've, I've got to be a tough guy. Or if you are, or if you do decide to walk on the other side of the street or whatever, you're doing it for the safety of others. You know, it's not because... uh, (laughs) It's not because yes. you're afraid or anything, or you're not wearing a mask. You're doing it for the safety of, of others. I definitely don't. Quite. miss I definitely don't miss the crowds. That's for sure. And as much as you know, to, to you know, you mentioned it earlier. As much as I love, you know, I love music shows. There were a couple of music shows that that came and went. Um, that that I, I wish was were not canceled. But you know, it is what it is. I, I love music shows, it's live music, and so. Um, that I miss, but I don't like the crowds associated with them for sure. Um, you know, sitting at a bar, <laughs> like the, the simple things I'd love. I miss sitting at a bar, you know, right now with phase one here in Multnomah County. Um, actually, we're considered the tri-county now. Nothing, nothing will, will come to be uh, from a phase, uh, you know, phase reopening unless Washington County and Multnomah County and Clackamas County are, are doing are doing well. So, but anyway, so I miss being able to sit at the bar. Uh, right now, that's not uh, that's not allowed. And if you do uh, find a place that that does allow sitting at the bar, more often than not, they're they're an OLCC violation uh, and <laughs> you know and public health uh, violation. I also miss travel, like traveling. I mean, and right now the U.S. is on the blacklist for like you know three quarters of the world. So we can't we can't travel with our U.S. passports. The fucking thing that I worked so hard for um, when I t- you know became a citizen, I can't really use right now. Um, and uh, and actually, also I, I miss not having to wear a mask. I miss those times when we didn't have to wear a mask. Ag, what are you? What are your thoughts? Uh, I miss going out to a public place and not sort of identifying, uh, you know, people that are not wearing their mask correctly or they're or they're wearing it to get in the door and then they take it off as soon as they're inside. And just that kind of like, you know, my mindset is I'm wearing it for not just myself, but I'm wearing it. So to protect other people. So having to like, look at people and, and see, Hey, you don't care about other people. You're wearing your mask below your nose, that kind of thing. And I, <laughs> I, I, just, I, I miss, I miss judging people for different reasons. Uh, than how they're wearing their mask. And I can't really do that anymore. And I also miss to what Mac was saying was smiling beneath your mask is now you, it, it's pointless. Somebody, you know, in, in previous conversations with uh, say the staff at a deli or something, 
they say something to you and you don't necessarily want to respond verbally, but you'll smile just to, to indicate you've heard what they said and it's not displeasing to you. Well, that doesn't work anymore. And smizing is not effective enough. We don't know how to recognize <laughs> good smile. No, so, it's, it's not effective enough. And for those, of, for those of the Asian culture, people think we're smizing all the time. No, we just have slits for eyes. That's, you know, that's a very different thing altogether. And I want to piggyback on what you said, um, AG, in terms of the masks, right now wearing masks, concealing that smile, because you're right, that non, those nonverbal, you know, nonverbal communication that we used to be able to do more freely, a big chunk of that is gone now because we're, our, 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 a good portion of our faces are, are covered. And, uh, yeah, I know when I'm, when I'm walking – you know, to, to speak to what Mac was talking about earlier, I, I do have my anti-socialness as well. Uh, so when I'm, you know, when I'm passing somebody on the on, on the sidewalk, sometimes I just smile. Or right now, um, I'm forced to say good morning or good afternoon or good evening, like actually use my voice. It's 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 tiring, you know. And then also like having to really acknowledge verb non-verbally through gestures why I'm not going to give that you know that uh, bum any money. When I when I walk by her or him, it's just it's just really tiring for sure. I miss those times when I don't have to work that hard. Well, it's like I 100 percent agree. The smile sometimes for me is I didn't really hear what you said, so I'm just going to smile and you know that's <laughs> a tacit agreement with whatever it is that you said, and I'm robbed of that. I miss it. There's there's definitely another thing that is is problematic nowadays, and that's especially if you're in the older uh, sect, uh, maybe over 45, which I will be, well, I'll be 45 soon. But the idea of having easy access to bathrooms, uh, definitely something I miss because, I mean, you could pull over in a, in a McDonald's, you could pull over at a Starbucks. Uh, just about anywhere and, and being white, I don't have to worry about being racially profiled, uh, be able to use the bathroom if I need. And now when you go out you've really got to plan these things. Uh, I know this will be part of my recommendations later. So I, I don't want to ruin that, but the idea of, of having easy access to restrooms definitely miss. I can with that. But why do you need to, why? Like what are, well, what are you, why? Because I mean, I may drink a lot of water. I may drink a lot of wine. I may drink a lot of coffee. I may do all three of those things at the same time. And so if you're out and about and, and you, you know, you want to use the bathroom now, you can't do it. They're like, no, sorry. The bathroom isn't available. And I even tried, there was a, one of the few Starbucks left that is not a drive through anymore uh, over there on uh i think it's 28th and burnside northeast burnside kind of by the whole foods over there that whole strip there's a starbucks there and i tried it several weeks back uh tried to go and i was like all right i gotta use the bathroom i I gotta do something and i went in there and the bathroom was taped off but the store was open i was like really god damn it i came i just (laughs) want to use the bathroom. i even just just say hey can i use he's like nope like god damn it so to me, not having the freedom to be able to use the bathroom when you need to use it. Uh, and I don't have a problem with public bathrooms. I know some, some people do. And to them, they're never going to miss this because they're just going to hold it until they get home. 
I'm not one of those people. If I got to go, I got to go. And I, I concur with that, Mac. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't been on a, on an urban hike in a, in about a week, but when I do walk around town, I have to be strategic now, AG, because I need to know where I can have access to a public restroom that's open, you know, because to, to Max point, I used to be able to slip into a Starbucks or slip into a business, a restaurant or whatever that's open uh, and kind of just casually go and use the, the restroom, pretend to buy something, you know, look at the menu board <laughs> and then like slip into the restroom. Um, but but now I have to be strategic about it, you know, and I've got my walks through downtown. So I know I know where the public restrooms are along the waterfront, for instance. Uh, forget forget the East Bank Esplanade. That'll be a that'll be a bush or, or, or a tree, a, a grove of trees. That's going to be my restroom there. But, yeah, I, I definitely miss that. I miss being able to access those public restrooms for sure. And I just I think this must be coming from non everyday activity that you guys need to use the restroom while you're out. What? Non, non what? Everyday activity. Oh no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, those, those we take care of. I mean, I take care. I can't speak for Mac. No, I'm talking, not, not talking about the, the everyday activity. This is just like definitely when you're, when you're out and about and you need to use it because of like Mac said, you know, because of overconsumption of alcohol or whatever, um, it definitely, it definitely needs to, we need to be more strategic about it. I definitely miss that. Well, there's definitely, yeah, that's the thing. It's just that, you know, people complain about their lack of freedoms. They got to wear a mask. But again, the real big loss is the availability of, of, uh, restrooms. At least that's the worst part of it to me. Uh, the rest of it, I I'm fine with, I can continue to wear a mask. I can continue to social distance. Uh, I don't particularly care about going to concerts, uh, even Blazer games, as much as I miss it. I'm fine with just watching on TV. Uh, I really don't like human beings. And so to <laughs> me, this is, this is not difficult for me. This, this whole thing of being socially distanced, not difficult at all. Uh, I would like to go hang out with you, with you guys, uh, certainly, but I mean, that's only ever so often it's like every now and then so it's kind of like okay um i can still do without it i mean we're 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 doing these shows here that's good enough for me i just i guess maybe i'm weird that way but i don't uh i get enough of the of the bullshit when i'm at work of human beings and human resources so uh you know i got i got i got my family here that's really all i need well rest rest of y'all can go to hell (laughs) If we can believe what uh, what we're reading on the internets about a potential uh, vaccine that may become available as early as November of this year, um, hopefully we'll be we'll be past this pandemic very soon uh, and be and have a semblance of our normal life um, even as early as as next year. Who knows? But uh, but certainly uh, there's there's because there's a lot of things that we miss. Maybe some that's not even coming to mind right now, uh, and that's certainly a lot that we don't. I, I know there's certainly an, a lot that's what's happening right now that I will not miss once it's all, once it's all over. But uh, Mac, you mentioned earlier that you, that uh, you had a recommendation. What was the recommendation for, uh, for this great nation? Well, again, it kind of ties back into the whole rest restroom thing. So if you are out, uh, you're unable to uh, say you're not, not in a rural area, you're in an urban area where, again, it's more difficult to 
uh, you know, just pull over and use a, a wall somewhere, which again, if you're drunk, if you're drunk enough, you'll probably do that. But I'm talking about when you're relatively sober, uh, you pull over and you're like, okay, what do I got to do? So what you should do uh, is make sure that you have in your vehicle uh, a suitable trucker bomb sized bottle of whatever, an empty bottle. So it could be either, yeah, it could be a, a venti Starbucks cup. That's usually good enough. Uh, a, a large bottle of Aquafina, perhaps something that you, you're planning ahead. And now for females, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm just talking about guys right now. Uh, you know, for you know, ladies, I can't really make any recommendations. But for guys, anyway, as long as they have a good uh, liter-sized bottle or cup of something. Make sure you keep that available at all times when you're out, especially if you have a, a vehicle. I think maybe for the ladies, it should be like a tub with cat litter. Um, that <laughs> could probably work, work well for them, or, or maybe a she-wee attachment. Uh, a she-wee, yes. Okay, Something. well, th- thanks for that recommendation. <laughs> thanks for that recommendation. Uh, AG, do you have any recommendations? Uh, not of that variety. That's for sure. I don't, um, uh, I think you just gotta, you gotta take care of your bowels and your bladder, uh, to the best of your ability. And certainly in these times, I don't think that there's going to be too much, uh, law enforcement of emergency urination law (laughs) or, or, or whatever, you know, whatever your kink is. So, um, as far as recommendations, stay the fuck away from me. That's how about that recommendation. Recommendation, stay the fuck away from me. That's how about that recommendation. All right, I like that recommendation. For now, for now, for now, for now, for now, until after, until November. Until Later, November. you can stay the regular amount away from me. Well, my recommendation is, of course, as related to social media, I consume a lot of YouTube. Uh, content and um one of the channels i follow is this uh chef named jay kenji lopez alt uh he's actually with the uh related to he created food lab he's also on serious eats but he uploads almost daily of of like recipes and stuff that he cooks or meals that he cooks uh and it's really it's really good I've, i've gotten a lot of great ideas from from him and um and uh so yeah, so it's a channel uh, again. It's J Kenji Lopez. I'll, I'll put that. I'll put a put that on the show notes. Yeah, right. Like we have show notes, but uh, uh, <laughs> I can I cannot recommend it enough. I think he's uh, he's easy. To, the recipes are easy to follow, and you know. So, but I, I recommend that for sure. And you know, all that food can lead to those uh, really good bowel movements, then, and maybe a little bit further trips to the restroom. So this all ties together. Is what I'm trying to say. Well, that about ends it for us uh, on this episode. Uh, if you have any topics or, uh, or you know, that, that you would like to, to hear us talk about or palaver, um, send us send those our way via, our way via email or, uh, um, you know, Facebook message or slide into our DMs, whatever. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, especially you, Edgar. Uh, until then, <laughs> good night. Good night.